We the bestest cast with the left twist. Not fairly well dressed. Put me on the guest list. The guest list. Uh, yeah, on the guest list. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another week of On the Guest List with Foxtrot and the Get Down, Kenny Carkeet and White Sox Dave with you from the band as always is your boy Colin. Live from Chicago, Illinois, we have Dave Williams. We got the rock star himself, Mr. Kenny Carkeet out in L.A. How you doing, baby? Bye-bye. Guys, we have an amazing episode this week. This realistically is the start of a huge run for this podcast. We have some really, really A-list names coming up, and it starts this week. We have two incredible interviews this week with some serious heavy hitters. We're, we were lucky enough to welcome on ex-ambassadors for a conversation actually live from their rehearsal studio. They were rehearsing and took the time to talk to us idiots about their new record and their new singles that are dropping. It's a fucking incredible conversation that we're going to jump into shortly for our pick of the week this week. We have Dead Sarah. Now, this is a band that Kenny put me onto a couple weeks ago that absolutely fucking blew me away. We have Emily from the band coming on to talk about their new single, their new relationship with Warner Brothers, all this shit we're going to get into later on in the conversation. But we're definitely going to start out with ex-ambassadors this week. Kenny, you were there for the interview. Dave, you've heard it. An absolutely unbelievable conversation we got to have with those guys. Kenny, was it everything you hoped it would be? Yeah, there was. I, I had high hopes I always have high hopes for for bigger bands that they're normal people, A, that they have a normal perspective, B, right? Uh, and they delivered on all those fronts and everything that they said was super inspirational and motivational. And, and yeah, and it was a great conversation. You know, you, you always have these things where you go into big interviews where you have butterflies. You're like, I don't know how these guys are going to be. And then it turned out that they just absolutely answered everything so fucking candidly. And you will hear it in the interview. But before we jump into that, I want to talk about this one little part because it actually pertains to Kenny. And, and, and Dave, I want you to jump in here as well because it's actually pretty fucking funny. But I actually asked them about the fact that this is going to be their third album. And I wanted to know from the perspective of I'm a growing artist. Kenny has a diamond single. Dave is on his way to becoming a rock star. So we all have different perspectives. So I asked the guys from X Ambassadors, I said, you know, does the freedom of a third album exist? Like, do you feel like less pressure to, 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 to maintain what you've done and explore different ways? And they said, absolutely not. And it actually led to this conversation about Kenny saying like, look, all my hits were on the first fucking record and it absolutely fried my brain. Kenny, what do you have to say about that? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a, it's a common misconception that the more success you have, the more freedom you have to do what you want. And, and to a degree you do, but a lot of times, like, you know, we take my song sale, the whole conversation for the next five years is what's the next sale, mm. right? And so that bar is always there. We could have a top 10 alternative single and it's a fucking failure because it wasn't, you know, 23 on the top 40 chart, right? And the same with X Ambassadors, like they have these three massive singles on their first record. How the hell do you follow that up without you know, missing the bar, quote unquote, right? So it's like, it's a lot of pressure to not just do whatever you want, but to like meet the expectations that you didn't even create yourself. Well, I mean, it's kind of the same way that every week we have to wonder what's Dave's next viral Twitter moment. Because before we get into the interviews, Dave, you versus the Yankees fans, congratulations on getting like 700,000 views on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, Um. I mean, everything I said, they're coming at it. First of all, come at me when I'm coming at you. Don't wait until it's an opportune time for you to do so. I called them out. 
<clears throat> and I had some fun with them. And people are like, oh, this is a fucking cold take since the White Sox lost the next two games. No, it fucking wasn't. Yankees fans are still the scum of the earth, and I hate them all equally. <laughs> and I hope they die slow, painful deaths, like, at the hands of the dude from Saw. Like, Listen, torture nice. chambers stuff. Listen, so, you never get another music podcast like this where you're getting perspectives from all fucking angles, like Dave down here just absolutely riding against the New York Yankees fans. But I will say this. We're about to head into the interview. From my perspective as somebody who's growing as an artist, I, I, you know, I always seek out that want to have a giant hit and then follow it up or whatever. So my perspective and the reason I asked the question was I always feel this freedom, but also this pressure in a different perspective. So I needed to know. Do they feel that same pressure? And it turns out it's the exact opposite of what I thought it was. And I really can't thank the guys from X Ambassadors enough for being so fucking open and candid. And so for listeners of the podcast, we have a slightly different setup this week. This interview is too good to wait. We're going right into it. We're going to come out and do our segments, do our on list, off list, what the fuck we've been listening to, and then go into Dead Sarah. So no further ado, no more shenanigans. Let's get into our interview with X Ambassadors. All right, ladies and gentlemen, on the guest list today, we have a band originally from Ithaca, New York. They have a new album coming out called The Beautiful Liar dropping next month. They have a new single called Adrenaline dropping Friday. They're one of the biggest alternative bands in the last decade. We're happy to welcome on X Ambassadors today. Boys, how are we doing? Doing good, man. Doing good. It's, uh, we're rehearsing right now. We're in, this, we're in this big rehearsal space, like playing live music again, getting ready to play shows. Dude, I, I was going to mention, there seems to be this like air of levity on your socials right now. It seems like you guys are so relieved to be back and moving and doing things. So how, how are things right now? I mean, really, really exciting. Like, yeah. I'm, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm just so fucking excited to get back like, to, to like in front of audiences, you know? Um, and rolling out this record is like just the most fun. I mean, this, this album is the the weirdest most kind of uh uh out there record that we've done but also f strangely seems like the most kind of us yeah that, that we've ever been um before uh and so starting to to put out these songs is is like i don't know it's it's cathartic it's exciting it's uh um is great man yeah the, the <laughs> levity is real but what you're feeling is is very very real how are they feeling in rehearsal those new songs great great like really really great the only bummer right now is that my so my brother we're playing we're, we're getting ready to do this tour in october but this weekend we're we're playing a, a private gig and uh it's in south dakota which is like overrun with covid cases right now so my Ooh. brother who's immunocompromised he's not going to be able to play this show with us Ooh. so we're playing without him right now so it's like bittersweet you know like it's it's fun because we're we're playing music again and getting ready to play a show again but it's minus my my brother so uh it, it's a little it's a little bittersweet but the songs are sounding great we were rehearsing with him um just last week and uh, uh and shit sounding awesome that's so. one of my favorite parts is taking the record the new record and translating it live yeah. and be like oh that that not this you know yeah it's so fun after playing the same you know 20 songs for <laughs> five years to have the new ones yeah what, yeah. what is it what is it about when you're a small band it's band practice but then as you get bigger it's rehearsal, it's rehearsal. <laughs> there's that line there <laughs> 
Well, it's because you're trying to stay busy because there's no <laughs> need for rehearsal when you're a small right. band. You're just playing every day because you need to get better. You're actually practicing yeah. your instrument. <laughs> yeah, as yeah, we, yeah. As we've grown and played more shows, it's like we rehearse three days a year and then just go play show or like maybe a week total a year and then go play shows. Whereas back in the day, we would rehearse for six months and play one show. Yeah. Yeah. You, know what, you know what, though? I don't know if we ever called it band practice. <laughs> That's always, good. I don't remember. I think we always were like, we're rehearsing. Can you rehearse today? Yeah. I always told you people in AWOL, in AWOL that we were just a wing it band. We were not big <laughs> into rehearsing, not big into practicing. We'll just see what happens when we get out there. Yeah. Honestly, well, when we're on the road, usually, and like for the last record, we were kind of just constantly on tour. We had a bit of a, we gave ourselves a bit of a break to, to put the finishing touches on Orion. Um, but we were still playing constantly. So there, there was no real need to like do heavy duty rehearsals. Right. Uh, we did like a week or two of rehearsals before we went out on tour to support the new album. But beyond that, you know, we weren't like playing like we have been lately, which is like a, a lot more. It's kind of back to where oddly it's like a, you know, um, a reset you know it feels in yeah. a lot of ways like we're a new band again and anything and, you want to try new you just do it sound check exactly yeah yeah but like you know just because of the pandemic and because everything shut down like it, we really like all you know i had to like get back in in physical shape to like get back on tour i was like oh, yeah. I, you know we booked we booked the dates in october at the beginning of the year and i was like shit i gotta like remember how Damn. to sing and jump around and breathe you know? all the same and time. Breathe. Yeah. Breathing, you know? Um, and so, so we've been kind of like getting back to how it was at the very beginning where we're just yeah. like playing a lot um, and, uh, and working on the, the new songs and, and, and just like, I'm, I've been taking guitar lessons again. What? You know? Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm that muscle, like, dude. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, uh, uh, yeah, we're, we're kind of in, really in it right now. It's really fun. I'm really excited to talk about the new record and everything, but you guys share a specific distinction with our friend Kenny Carkeet here, right? You guys are the proud owner of a couple songs, just like Sail by AWOL Nation, that every fucking time I got in my car for like a three-year span, it was every time I got in my car, either Renegades or Unsteady was on. So congratulations for being the soundtrack to my drives. Thank you. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. It was not an overnight thing for you guys. You were grinding for a while there. Like... Basically, describe to me how it was that you got like those early days to like unsteady and renegades. Like, what was the grind like? You know, we literally. I just this morning found some videos on my on my computer from like 2008. Yeah, of us in the first van that we ever bought when we were living in New York. We were both still in school. Yeah, um, and we I think we had booked like a week long tour that was like. Ohio and Chicago. <laughs> and that was it. Classic. And uh, uh, we were watching videos from that earlier this morning. I mean, it was, it was really scrappy. It was, it was like, you know, we, for, I think from, we started playing 2007, right? Yeah. And then from 2007 to 2010 or 11, we were playing shows for nobody, for no money, whenever we could, wherever we could. Towards the end, I started, uh, um, I created a fake manager name and an email oh, yeah. uh, account. 
and was like emailing venues. I kind of like a homie of mine was in this band uh, and and they had done the same thing. And he was like, just use this kind of language. It's like very, very short sentences. Like, Hey, saw you had this date available. Don't have a first of three. Can I get my band on it? Here's Love a link. Like, Thank you so much. And we started, booking, we started booking gigs like that. <laughs> Bro, I did the same thing, but I fucked up that somehow when I signed up for the email, it still said my name when I said oh, it. So no. I, I, it would say like, management at foxtrotandthegetdown.com and then it would just say Colin Budney and the first line is like like this is so and so but it would still right. pop up my name so you're just reading it like there goes all those contacts there goes all those contacts dude well, yeah. so that you guys finally start popping but like I read something interesting that Dan Reynolds from fucking Imagine Dragons had seen you guys and was kind of the impetus behind you guys getting signed but wasn't he in the hospital at that point <laughs> You know, I don't really know. I don't think he saw like, He like heard a song or a, he saw a video of an acoustic version of a song called Unconsolable of ours. Mm. When he was, he was in Norfolk, Virginia, which is, uh, that was like the first place we really popped off because a radio station down there was playing a different song called Litos that became mm. the biggest song of the year down there. Um, so they, they knew that. I don't think Imagine Dragons had heard that song, but when Imagine Dragons were in Norfolk playing at this radio station, Dan had some vocal issues and had the radio rep take him to the hospital. Oh, I guess wow. on the way or when they were waiting or something, he was like, hey, check this band out. And then, you know, honestly, we didn't even know who Imagine Dragons were when <laughs> we got the, the you know. Yeah. What year was that? Really early on. This was that. 2012. Yeah. It was that is right when I was touring with those guys and yeah. Yeah. a lot of time with those dudes. And that's, they opened that's for awesome. you guys, right? Yeah. 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 That's one of those funny things where they opened for us and then it's like, okay, they would go on before us and we would be backstage and you would hear the crowd singing, it's time. And we're like, what? Oh. Who the <laughs> fuck is this? And then after that tour, they become the biggest band in the world and we're like, bye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How did the Eminem thing come about? Oh, that that honestly came about through through Alex the kid. So he had been working with Marshall on a, a bunch of stuff, and and uh, he Dan had written this hook uh, for Wicked Ways, um, and the Dragons for some reason couldn't use they couldn't use Dan's voice on it, and so Alex was like, "Do you want to sing it?" I was like, "Fuck yeah, I want to sing it. Sure, I'm I'm so down." So that was the first kind of instance of that. And then um, Bad Husband for the next Eminem record, that was also kind of written around the same time, oddly. Uh, and that was just me and Alex working together on a bunch of his, he gave me a bunch of beats and, and I worked on this hook with him. And, uh, and then I didn't hear anything about it for, you know, four years. And then wow. it showed up on the next. That's the way it goes. Oh my God. Well, it's funny dude. Cause I was going to bring up Alex the kid because we'll get to it. Cause he, he was on an unbelievable run at that point. And I know you guys were signed to kid in the corner. You guys were working through his imprint, right? A couple yeah. years a couple years ago, I thought that he was scouting my band because I think he had on his Instagram something where like his Instagram would view people's stories in order to get more engagement. 
And yeah. one day in my Instagram views, I saw Alex the kid and I emailed my lawyer and I was like, holy shit, like he's looking at my shit. And I quickly realized that it was like a bot situation. I was like, God damn it. And I was like, talking to my lawyer and he's like, dude, they got ex ambassadors on there. Unbelievable. But what was it like working with him on those early, on those early tracks? It was great, man. You know, he really pushed, he really pushed us. He really pushed me um, as a, a songwriter and, and uh, I learned a lot. That's good. That's what you need, man. That's what everybody needs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, now looking at it now, coming out of the pandemic and you guys have a new record coming out, right? And the first two singles that I heard are fucking incredible. Great video, by the way, with you shadow dancing with monsters in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Thanks, dude. What is it now on this new record that's different than what you guys have done before? Like, what are you trying to say that's different? Is there, once again, we brought up the word levity, but it seems like you guys are having fun. Yeah, I mean, the... We worked with Andrew Wells, uh, producer on, on this record. And, and he keeps saying, he's like, dude, you guys like actually sound like a band on this. You really sound like a band. Um, and, uh, I think it's kind of true. Yeah. I think it's true. We sound more like a, like a band on this record than, than we ever have before. And I think the biggest thing is, um, well, there, there are two things to this record. There's a sense of humor. Mm. On, on it that I, I think we've always had, you know, but hasn't really shown through in, in our, our music so much. Um, and yeah, I guess that could also translate to not taking ourselves so seriously, which is uh, so important to me. That's really, it's what the, it, be serious, be good but chill the fuck out. It's not that serious. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I think that, um, there was a lot of heavy shit that I was dealing with on the first and second record, the second record, especially. Um, and then on this third record, there was still a lot of that, but I was kind of grappling more so with not so much external shit that was happening to me, but, stuff that was going on in my, in my head. Mm. And, uh, um, so there's a bit of, uh, um, there's a bit of a battle going on with, with myself on this, on this record. But at the same time, it oddly, I felt more free Mm. than I ever had before uh, lyrically. And I think, I think musically, like we just felt, I don't know, like looser, a, l- a little, a little uh, more willing to to take risks. It's a weird record, but it I, also has a lot of shit on it that that is really um, that still is 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 very heartfelt and uh, um, um, personal. And you know, I I I think that the biggest difference thematically on this record, as opposed to our last record, you know. There's always, a, there was always like a sense of, of, uh, uh, just blind optimism that, that ran throughout, you know, the first record and, and, uh, the second record. And, uh, you know, I've tried to live my life like that as much as possible to, to always be as, as, you know, optimistic and, and glass half full as I possibly can. And, um, you know, I, I just, had not been feeling like that so much lately. And I, I think, I think the, what this record is, is, is me coming to terms with the fact that I don't have 
my shit together. I, I, I always kind of, um, presented myself as, as, and, and, and put pressure on myself to be the person who was able to hold everything together, you know, whether that's, you know, in all aspects of my life. And, uh, uh, I was kind of losing it a little bit on this record. And, uh, uh, and so rather than try to try and harness it and reel it back in, I was like, what, fuck it. You know, what happens if I let myself get as angry as I feel and get as, as dark as I feel and get as weird as I, I feel, you know? Um, and then that translated into the music that we were all making together. And, and, uh, Dude, I love, I love so much that there wasn't a one sentence. Yeah, this is why it's different. Exactly. This is what I was trying to do. Like, it sounds like you're still trying to figure out what you created, which is a, to yeah. me a beautiful thing where it's like, I don't know. I made what was in the moment and I'm still trying to understand it too. Bro, how yeah. often do you write songs and then look back and go, I, I now get what that was about at that time. Yeah. Yeah. In the moment, you're just, you're grabbing at straws, you're harnessing whatever's going on, but you don't have time to digest it until afterwards. Yeah, all, all the time. That's 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 uh, um, that's how it always is for me. But yeah, I mean, I think if if I were to put it concisely, this record feels a little unhinged. I love that. Unhinged which, is the fucking perfect. great word. Yeah, yeah. Which is that's that's how it feels. I think. Can I ask you a question on on kind of a, a I don't know like a trajectory standpoint? So. Yeah. Kenny's in a situation where he's had a diamond single. He's already accomplished things. I'm in a situation where my band is building and we're growing. My question would be in this situation where you guys feel more free to express yourselves and try different things. Do you think that the base that you've built and the hits that you've had and the situation you're in in your career gave you the freedom to express yourself in different ways and not worry about like, how do I get to this one place? But I already have a base built. I can get more experimental. No, no, <laughs> I, I would, I would put it like this. I would put it like this. I, I, I think that, that it, it brought us, we, we had to kind of get there ourselves. So, right. you know, once you have the, um, successful record, especially when it's your first record, mm. you know, our first, our first album had those, those two big hits on it. Yeah. That's a, that's a high bar. And we put a lot of pressure on ourselves for the second record to do really well. It didn't do as well as the first record. And now this third one, you know, we kind of, in the process of making it, we were like, well, fuck, we put so much pressure on ourselves to make the second record good. And it ended up, I mean, we were very proud of the work that we did on that second record. And we think it is really fucking good, but it didn't do as commercially well as the first record did. And rather than try and put that same pressure on ourselves again, or even like tenfold this next time, you kind of realize once you, once you like, you get it and it's fucking amazing on the first record and second record, you go for it again, you go higher and it doesn't go there. Mm. And then you're left with the knowledge that I think we all come to that. You just got to fucking make shit that you like. Oh my God. That's the, the biggest thing. Oh I, I, I want to ask a, a, a second part of that question because we went through the same thing. Our biggest shit was on the first record. Yeah, and then everybody's question is, "What's the next sale? What's the next you know, first record? What's this?" And we all went into such a dark place, being like, "We'll never meet that bar again. How the fuck am I supposed to do that?" So the second record for us was a real long process. And was yeah. that at all the same for you guys? 
Same. Yeah, it took yeah. us four years. We it's we like, scrapped the whole version of the record before we put. The, you could have an, wow. all these. You could have these number ones, right? Even on like the pop charts, and then even if you have a number one on alternative after that, it's a failure. And you're like, what? How's that a fucking failure? You know, it's a weird situation to be. And in. look, and I think like a lot of people will say like, ah, I mean, it's pressure and it's blah 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 and blah blah blah. A lot of it's just fucking luck, man. You know, like, right. yeah, yeah, well, it's just like luck and timing, right? Like, I, th- I think, I think, um, anyone who can say, like, these, you see, the, look at this artist and their second record was a fucking massive hit. That's because they did X, Y, and Z. It's not, that's not what true. What does that even I mean? mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> now, I will yeah. say this it doesn't hurt the fact that you could fucking sing the phone book and I would listen to it because you have a beautiful fucking <laughs> voice. Uh, thank I, you. I will say, I'm so glad you answered that question so candidly because we've talked to so many different artists and they'll all have different answers to that, but that felt so fucking genuine. And I think from my perspective, maybe I'm realizing now more, I'm so willing to fucking throw shit at the wall and see what sticks because I don't have that pressure on me. Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, like, I, I think that you have to unlearn that, mm. unfortunately. You know, you you put it on yourself after that first success and then... I think most of the time when you just, you know, it, it ends up blowing up in your face and you, you eventually, even if like, say our second record was a success, we'd be putting that same pressure on this third record. And then if the third record doesn't do well, then you, you always kind of have to come back to like, okay, you got to make stuff that you, you like point blank. That's it that you like. Yeah, I've been, I'll think I about love, I'll think about like what song did well or like what song you know like is gonna you think pop off on TikTok or or you know or like what radio stations are gonna want to play. You really just have to kind of focus on on what you like because honestly, at the end of the day, we're all gonna fucking die. So yeah, right. just make the shit that you do the shit that you want to do before you die. Make Man. the shit that you want to make before you die. The whole reason for this podcast is not to, to get, give, not to get like super dark there, but no, you know. no, 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 that's exactly no, where it needs to go. The whole, the whole reason for this podcast is to give a realistic insight to the upbringing of bigger artists in, in the industry. And I now post a wall, mostly songwrite and produce for young up and coming bands, like bands are on development deals and stuff like that. So I, 99% of the time, they're like, well, so-and-so says we need mid-tempo. So-and-so says we need fucking this. They're not going to fucking like that. And I always go back to, what do you want to do? What yeah. do you like? What's your voice? And what you're saying is just the epitome of why this podcast exists in the first place. So that's, all, that's yeah. awesome. Just, yeah. It's just easy to get caught up in the, I think, the, like, the rat race of it all and the competitiveness, you know, especially here in LA. Like, I, you competitive, know. man. I hate it so much. That's the thing. Look, how I did mean, they get this playlist? Why did they get that? They got this look. We didn't get that look. Blah blah blah. You're like, just no, stop fucking worried about it. We're not in the fucking NBA, you know. Right. Is, yeah. We're in the music industry. You're making. You're. We're all artists here. We're creatives. We're making fucking art. Like, look. Some people look at it like that, and that's what drives them. I'm not gonna knock it. For me, I you know I can't operate like that because I'm not gonna make great shit like that. I'm not yeah. gonna great make great shit. I just ha- historically have not. When someone is like, unless you bump the BPM on this song, oh you're not going to have a hit. Or like, 
you know, uh, unless you are using this kind of production on it, you're not going to have it. Like, Listen to how minimal Billie Eilish is, man. Why don't you guys try <laughs> something like that? You're like, fuck Yeah, you, but at the dude. same time, though, if Billie didn't do something that was completely different and outside the fucking box and not worry about that shit originally, she wouldn't be the fucking blueprint for what these motherfuckers are copying today. So it really does go to show you at the end of the day, Make what you make and things will happen if, if you're lucky enough. You know what I mean? It is that situation. And look, every once in a while, too, you stumble upon something where you are kind of imitating someone else and somehow you make it your own. Yeah. And, and then that can confuse things. That's when, that's when it gets confusing. When you're like, oh, shit, this actually did work and I hated this song. <laughs> what, what do I know? Yep. You know? Uh, that you know, we found ourselves in in situations like that before, where like things have popped off, and we we're like, "Oh, really? Okay, all right. Well, I guess do that." <laughs> you know, but, but even but even that, like, you can't you can't chase that again, right? If it happens, it happens. Great, you fucking leave it, you let it be, and you keep you keep pursuing what you like, because inevitably you're gonna you know if you if you are a, a good artist, you're gonna always push yourself into places where you feel uncomfortable and you'll stumble upon something. You might stumble upon something like that again, where someone's like, why don't you try writing a song like this? And you're like, ah, I mean, uh, I could try, but like, I don't, I don't know if I'm good at doing that or could do that. And you do it and it surprises you. So, um, I don't know. It's, it's try, try everything that pushes you into a zone of discomfort and just make shit that you like. Those are the two rules. I absolutely agree, 100. I'm, I mean, realistically, man, it's funny. You never know what you're going to get going into these conversations, right? You never know what you're going to get. Some people might be in a rush. They might not be in the mood that day. You guys have fucking laid out there so much great information. We really can't thank you enough for being so fucking candid. Thank you. So welcome. You're so Dude, welcome. So before we let you get out of here, because I know you got to get back to rehearsal. Uh, our band third co- our band practice. Band yeah. practice. Our third co-host is named Dave Williams. He's called White Sox Dave. He is a uh, blogger from Barstool Sports. And his role in this is actually that me and Kenny are turning Dave into a rock star. We are oh, nice. putting, we're putting him on stage next month with my band with Cheap Trick, uh, Jane's Addiction, and The Offspring at a big festival thing in New Jersey oh, for the, the first time. Uh, Dave is out doing something for Barstool right now, but I, I do want to be able to show him this later and say, do you guys have any advice for Dave moving forward in the industry or at least for his first show? And now let me go back a little bit. He's learning to play guitar right now. <laughs> and in a month, he's on stage in front of 25,000 people. So what's your advice for him? Yeah, anything that you guys have similar experience in that? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't we, know, we got, you know, 20 years of preparation to get ready for that. <laughs> um, but hopefully the pressure just, you know, makes him work, work to get practice. I don't think, it, I don't I think it will. I think Dave is very aloof in this entire situation that he's just going to walk on stage. Yeah, he I don't actually, think he understands what's going what, to what sounds like the purpose like. of the exercise is for him to get up there and, you know, shit the bed, right? Regardless of what happens here, the content is fucking great for me because V floats yeah. up, it's hilarious. If yeah, it the, pur- great, the purpose of this is a fucking troll, you know what I mean? It's <laughs> yeah, really exactly. so good. Yeah. But uh, no, oh. at, the end, at the end of the day, uh, we had the knocks on the podcast last week and oh. they, they helped us pick Excellent. the song for Dave. And so they oh, suggested wow. Highway to Hell. So he's playing Highway to Hell with us. Oh my God. Sick. 
who suggested that? Was that was that B Rock? Was that was that Ben? Yeah. Was. That? Oh, oh no 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 no! It was yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. It was J Pat. Yeah, and he just very off the cuff. It was funny because we had been filming part of our video series the day before in Philly. And uh, the band had suggested Highway to Hell. And I was like, ah, maybe. Like, we'll, we'll look at some other things. And the first thing J-Pat says is, let's do fucking Highway to Hell. Because I said, Without yeah. missing a beat. I it's said, like, we want, we're with older bands. We want cocaine dad rock. And he was exactly, like. Exactly. Exactly. That's what you want. You want cocaine dad rock? <laughs> wow, I love it. I, 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 I second that. I second that. Oh, see, boom. There we go. All right, so we're going to let you get out of here. One last thing. We have adrenaline dropping tomorrow. This this yeah. comes out on Tuesday, but adrenaline coming out tomorrow. Anything you'd like to say about the new single? It's really fucking good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we're really excited about it. We're really, really excited. Uh, there's a video coming out uh, in a couple of weeks that's really fun, and uh, uh, I, uh, I, I jumped out of a plane. What? Yes. Yeah. Make yourself go. uncomfortable, man. That's what you were just saying. Yeah, uh, yeah. I just made myself very uncomfortable. <laughs> well, dude, well, that's bo- awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. We can't thank you enough. And we would love if you have the time at some point to help Dave turn into a fucking rock star. So Absolutely. you guys are my fucking man. Dude, X Ambassadors, please go get their new album next month. Stream all the new singles. Adrenaline just coming out. Boys, good luck on the road. All right. Thank Be you. Safe. Man. Thank you guys, thank you guys so, so much. Us. It was great talking to you. All right, so that was our new friends, X Ambassadors. Go check out all their new singles. Get ready for their new album next month. Sincerely, when I tell you this is the beginning of a huge run on guests, it really is, and we'll talk about that more later. But realistically, just an unbelievable conversation. Kenny, I'm just blown away by those guys. Yeah, I I am so happy that they exceeded my expectations. And I had met them before and know that they're cool guys. But, man, they're such humble, normal fucking human beings, and I'm here for it. That's like, why can't people just be normal? And to hear when, like, when you guys said, because I knew I wasn't going to be able to make the interview for whatever reason. Um, when you guys said that ex ambassadors, I'm like, dude, those guys are fucking huge for one. Two, I immediately fired up. I listened to them for probably 10 hours this weekend. They yeah. are fucking, like, we're talking to A list. Like, they're fucking huge. Yep. They're yeah. fucking monsters. And it's, it's really cool. And like you said, we got a, couple of monster guests in the in the pipeline coming up and really excited about it so um shout out them dude fucking great great band great band listen man when, when we started this podcast and me and dave joined then kenny joined in this is one of those episodes that like i dreamed about getting getting a candid response from a huge a-list band and then getting to talk to a really breaking amazing artist that we could also push forward and we are going to get into our conversation with emily from dead dead sarah which is, is going to be fucking incredible but no, but sincerely, I'm fucking pumped. And uh, let's let, let's go into our segments. Uh, let's start out with music news. We had a lot of big releases this week, a little bit of controversy as well that I want to get into. But The Killers, one of my favorite bands, just dropped Pressure Machine. Did you guys have the opportunity to listen to it yet? Because I know Dante tweeted something out about this album that I wanted to get into quickly. I have not yet, and it's high on my list. It's coming up very soon. So I have not heard it yet. Tell me about it. Okay, so let, let's talk about this. So... I loved Imploding the Mirage, which was the album they dropped during quarantine. Very big, very, very fun, bombastic, almost kind of like 80s Springsteen album. Right from the fucking cover art that you see that drops, it's three black and white crosses in a big field in the middle of nowhere. It's stoic. It's different. The only, the feature is Phoebe Bridgers. It's a really beautiful duet, but it is not a fun killer's album. This is a deep, dark, stoic album. And I mean, Dante had posted whether or not people like enjoyed it or whether or not it was, you know, a a miss on their part. 
I don't think it was a miss, but I think if you were going into it expecting Hot Foster imploding the Mirage, you were going to be disappointed. So, I mean, th- that was my, my, my first big release of the week that I want to get into. But, but the did next you one, like it? I did because it reminded me a little bit of like a Nebraska kind of theme on a Springsteen day. Dave, yeah. what are you, what are you waving your I finger think you're, I think you're brainwashed into liking it. I thought it sunk because <laughs> I saw Dante too. I didn't like it really at all, but I'll give it the benefit of the doubt. Might take a few listens to get through. I didn't really like it. And, then, and, and people think I hate the killers because of like what I've said on Twitter recently and shit. Take all that away. That has nothing to do with it. I just really didn't enjoy it. Like it didn't I'm, put me in like any mood. And that's, that's my okay, point, Dave. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can dislike something. And we're going to get into something that I dislike that just came out. But from my perspective, I'm looking at it from I, I love what they do because it reminds me a lot of Springsteen. Obviously, he's sitting over my shoulder and I'm a nerd for that shit. But this felt very much like a stripped down Nebraska type album. Now, I will also say I wanted more imploding the Mirage. I wanted more fun. Maybe I also don't want something stoic right now because the world kind of sucks at this point. Maybe I want a little bit of a release. I want something good. Go ahead, Kenny. Oh, no, I didn't mean to stop. I was saying, have you gotten into Brandon Flowers' solo stuff? I love his solo shit. It's some of my favorite shit on earth. It's incredible. I've, God, I'm such a big, big, big fan of his. Uh, me too, 100%. But I mean, if you look at it from the, the juxtaposition of the two albums, you're like, how is this the same artist? And I, right, I, I right, right. But at the same time, they've done a lot of bombastic, big synthy shit. Maybe they wanted to step out of their realm and go a little bit more like austere and acoustic. Who knows? But Dave, I appreciate you being so candid as saying like, nah, I fucking didn't like it. <laughs> I mean, I'll listen again a few more times. And but for a lot of the new releases we've talked about over the course of this podcast, which has gone on for what, like eight, nine months now? 30 like, episodes th- today. This was the, ugh, it was the most whatever album that I've listened to. I'm like, come on. I love like him, I had to, it, it, I had to like struggle to get through the whole thing. Like I, um, I almost wanted to walk out of the theater. Yo, can I, I can I tell that's you, cool. Can I tell you something that actually did happen? So we're in the car. My wife is probably the biggest killers fan on earth. And I was like, did you listen to the album? And she was like, no, we were going to a family party. The mood is high. We're listening to like fucking like, I don't know, like dance music going to this party. And I, I click a random song on the album. Now, if you've listened to the album, it has a bunch of these interludes where it's just like people from like a dying Midwestern town talking about the death of the town. And I put on this song with Phoebe Bridgers and the opening is this monologue from this dude talking about <laughs> the death of a horse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and my wife just goes, Colin, what the fuck, dude? And I was like, I don't know. She's like, now I'm fucking sad. We got to walk in and see your family. Now I'm all sad and shit. It is not <laughs> a party album. This is an album that you're going to sit down, listen to, and think about shit. Thanks so, for fucking bumming me out, bro. That was exactly what I put on Return of the Mac after that just to try and bring the fucking mood back Turn up. Return of the Mac. Absolute banger, dude. Uh, let's move into another release, and this is kind of what I wanted to get into, but uh, Lizzo returned. She has a new single with Cardi B that just came out uh, called Rumors. Now, I will say, on the same note as Dave saying he really didn't love something, I am a huge Lizzo fan. That first album, by the way, a lot of it was produced by Sam Harris from fucking X Ambassadors, which we did not talk about on the conversation at all, which is kind of yeah. mind-blowing. I went into this with a really, really, really high bar, Right. The song felt like it was made for TikTok for me. There was a bunch of these like little like lyrical snippets in there that you could tell were made for people to make TikTok videos too. This is not shitting on Lizzo at all. I love Lizzo. I think she's an unbelievable talent. That first record is fucking incredible. But I don't know if you guys saw what happened. She released this whole IG live thing where she was on there saying like she was getting so much fucking hate and trolls coming at her online about 
everything that involved the song, the way she looks, the way she sounds. And she was like, dude, I don't want to do this. This is fucked up. And I think my point is, and Dave, you deal with this a lot with your internet family that you work in in Barstool. Listen, if you're not someone who creates shit and you're not a musician, or if you're just a dickhead in general, fuck off, man. Leave these people alone, dude. Lizzo gives you every... Like, she's a giver. She makes music. She creates things for you. Shut the fuck up, dude. I don't know if anybody else saw any of this bullshit, but uh, retort. Here's a retort. I feel semi-opposite of that because... Interesting. It's like how I don't feel bad for celebrities who have paparazzi that follow them. Sure comes with the fucking territory yeah if you're gonna get 10 million fucking followers on social media platforms when you think that everybody's gonna be nice you think a lot of these people even mean half this it's like it kind of is what the fuck it is and that's kind of the thing so it's like you can't have all this success and have no haters and have no be like this is fucking america people talk shit and i'm not saying that it's right i'm saying it's to be expected so when right. somebody's like surprised and like oh i don't like it that these people are saying this shit about me and it's like well they don't fucking read the comments like a normal human well i do have a rule though and this is my rule of thumb that once again i don't have paparazzi following me around i don't have all this shit whatever if you're gonna say something do it to their face so you can fucking throw hands afterwards. I am a big believer. And once again, I'm not a comments person. I'm not someone who goes and comments on things because I make shit. Also, I'm not a fucking virgin. My whole thing is I wish that Lizzo would get in a boxing ring with these people and just fucking piece them up. I think that'd be great. I think Lizzo would whoop my ass. I agree with yeah, that 100%. Oh, for sure, she absolutely would. But <laughs> again, the, 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 point, the point remains that it's like as much as you think people should talk shit in person, it's like that. that's just not what it's never society is. They're Especially with the social media <laughs> world exploding. It's like people live behind their anonymous monikers now, and that just it ain't going away. So either learn to adapt, improvise, and overcome, or just fucking, you know... Don't have good I, mental health. I so. agree, but I I think in the end of the day, what I would like to see is the fact that that would go away, but that's never going to fucking happen. So I think for mental health purposes, probably just ignore the comments. Because yeah, and I don't want to say that, I, that I'm that i not agreeing with the trolls and the haters. I fucking hate their guts, but like, you got to have some thick skin. You want to be famous? You, you got to have you, thick skin. You got to fucking just, it comes with it, man. Dave, how many the, times a week do you get told to die? Um, <laughs> well, he, well, I, I was going to, can we go right into on the, on the get on the guest list, off the guest list, because... Yeah, you know what? Skip the other releases. They're not that important. The only thing I was going to say was I actually kind of like the new Machine Gun Kelly song. I thought the the video was stupid, but I kind of like the song. I quit this fucking podcast. I know, I know. Listen, <laughs> I can admit when I was wrong, or not not when I was wrong, but if, I, if I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a fucking... I'm amenable. I, I can make decisions on my own. You're hopeful. I hate that, dude. And I don't like his whole image thing, but I actually kind of like the song because it fucking sounded like a Nirvana song. But I digress. Let's go in on this off list. Dave, why don't you start? Well, I was going to start with off to guesses. Can we do that? Absolutely. So on the, on the conversation of internet trolls on Saturday, I was at the baseball game against the Yankees. Uh, sold out crowd, awesome atmosphere, blah, blah, blah. Once the Yankees took, they took like a four run lead and then that's when the Yankees fans started coming at me. And one dude's like, I'm at the stadium right now. Where are we meeting after the game? And he's in my DMs like fucking crazy. And there's this one bar. There's two bars right by Sox Park. Other than that, it's just like a family neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And it's not like Wrigleyville. It's the exact opposite. Really quiet neighborhood. And uh, I'm like, all right, meet me at Turtles, knowing exactly... If he walked in there, that entire fucking bar has my back. So I'm like, come oh, on, yeah. motherfucker, meet me at Turtles, motherfucker. You want to fucking get tough? 
Yeah, and and of course he didn't have his real face. He had the fake profile picture of like Garrett Cole or Aaron Judge or whatever. Right. I'm like, come to the fucking turtles after the game. Meet me here. I will show you exactly where I'm fucking sitting. Meet me there. So, um, like to Kenny's point earlier, and we'll just say it. Internet trolls are off the guest list, but um, to Kenny's point on don't read the comments. It's like it's human nature to do so at the same time. Uh, and even though I know it comes into territory, I know I put out that video on Thursday shit talking. And if the White Sox didn't at least win one of the next two games, which they didn't, then I was going to get mountains of shit and it'd yeah. be deserved at the same time. Like I wanted to fist fight every Yankees fan on the planet, like one on 10 million. So inter- internet trolls, you can get fucked, but I'll see you fucking assholes soon. See you. I love, it's a, such a love, love, hate relationship. Get them. fucked and I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> Yep. Penny, who's <laughs> off your guest list, bro? Uh, off my guest list, man. Um, I don't want to say names because I am friends with these guys, but they take me back to the thing that I that I hate often. Um, I was really hopeful for a record that was coming out, and when the record came out, I learned that the first single they put up, like they put up a post on Instagram, and the caption was like. This song is written to everybody who's in therapy and is dealing with your mental health and it's strong and you it, it's brave to do and all this shit. I agree. But for fuck sake, if I hear one more fucking song about mental health or positivity or any of this shit, let's fucking go. It's like the 2011 topic, like make something happy. It's like you're saying about the killers and, and like dark music's good. Lana Del Rey, all that shit, whatever. But like. I'm tired of it. Stop fucking being like, oh, the pandemic made me so everybody's suffering. We're all suffering. Like, fuck off. Get up. Let's go. Give me Bro, something and, hard. And, and what did I say, though? Maybe we don't need to be bombarded with the same messages over and over and over again. Bro, Maybe sometimes we want a little bit of escapism. Maybe that's it's, everybody's so fucking bummed out, man. <laughs> like, fucking chill out. God damn it. All right, Kenny. That's, that's a good one. I like that. But uh, that's but on Kenny's point, though, like the people that are writing these songs, a lot of them are. Like the pandemic, I know it affected the whole music industry, but some of these guys are so big and rich and famous. It's like, dude, you were chilling on some beach in Bora Bora or something. Get the fuck out of my face. No one wants to hear it from you. I'd love to hear it from Colin. Yes, thank you. that's like trying to scratch and claw to, you know, get to that level. Not you. Someone who was very, very directly affected by the pandemic. Yes. I will tell you, my goal was never to like, make something so topical i just i i I write from experiences like i don't know like and as you should but at the same time i i don't i never sit down and say like this is what this topic is about it's it's never that we talk about in the interview with ex-ambassadors where i say you never know what you're writing about until six months after the song comes out because then you listen back and you're like oh that's what i was channeling Uh i don't know as a songwriter kenny you can appreciate this that feels a little disingenuous. That's what I'm saying. You never really know. Especially when I know the band and I'm like, you're just like a bunch of four white mid 20 year old kids who fucking slay bitches and live at your parents (laughs) fucking house. Like what the fuck are you so depressed about? Like, I get it. Like I get that. It's real. I get that. It's serious, but for fuck's sake, like, right. God, just stop bumming me out, man. Everybody's bumming me out. (laughs) I'm with you, bro. I'm with you. All right. So my off the list is the national sports media. Now, Davis does not include Barstool because you guys aren't this way. I'm talking about the ESPNs and the NBCs of the world. So, first preseason game in Los Angeles this week, there was a big-ass fight. I don't know if you guys saw this. Mm -hmm. 
Not one word was spoken about wow, how terrible the Rams fans are. Or, you know, this is a problem in Los Angeles. <laughs> Get the if fuck out of happened, my face. If that happened in Philadelphia, it would be fucking Skip and Stephen A would be fucking talking about it every goddamn morning for the next six weeks about what a bunch of cretins Philadelphians are. Suck the fat part of my dick. It is such bullshit. It's such a tired, boring topic and if you're gonna be one way be for always there was like fucking three games in colorado this year where somebody got rocked and knocked out nobody ever talks about that shit but we threw fucking batteries at santa claus like 90 years ago and you just bring it up get the <laughs> fuck you now let me drop my accent in again real quick because it got there for a second get the fuck out of here you dickhead <laughs> i digress that's my off list dave who's on your list on my list, I'm gonna go with uh, Cajun food. I got Man vs. Food mm. on in the background right now. And this Adam Richmond, let's who, go. No, not Adam Richmond. He got canceled. Oh, really? Yeah, he got canceled because he dropped a hard F word on Twitter or something. Ah. But um, it's him. some it's some other fat guy that is super ugly. I don't I don't like him. He gives off the per vibes to me, which is totally unfair to him. I'm, he might be an excellent, upstanding citizen. You might be projecting. He might he might not be though. He, but at the same time, he might not be. He might, he might not might be, be a piece of shit. <laughs> but uh, he's eating some fucking work. like Creole Cajun bullshit in Louisiana right now, and it looks fucking delicious, and my mouth's watering. Bro, you're speaking my language. My dad is fifth generation New Orleans born. Ooh. We are through and through Louisiana. I've family. never been to that. That's like on my list, not for anything other than the food. New Orleans Dude, is, a great, is a it's great. It's one of the best places. It's a hellscape. Like I went there. I've yeah. been there. I played shows there. It's a fucking hellscape. But God damn it, does it have character? It's hot, that. it's swampy, it smells bad, but God damn if they know how to fucking party, dude. If you ever I've heard see that. Someone, if you ever want to see someone randomly getting their dick sucked on a corner, go to Bourbon Street. That's, that's what it is. But Kenny, I had a fucking shrimp boil and hard shell crab this weekend. Dave yes, and sir. Kenny, I'm with that shit. Let's yes, go. Sir. Damn, I've been to two of them in my entire life. That's how like unexposed I am to that entire part of the world. Bro, that's our uh, my family party is the Budney side. Every family party, there's tables lined with newspaper. It's hard shell crabs every time. There, you, there go. you go. Damn, I got to focus now. God damn. Kenny, uh, who's on your list? Today's a funny one because this is a guy that I normally hate. Hate for the most part. Probably hate as a person, but I keep liking his fucking movies. Fucking, I watched Suicide Squad the other night, and John Cena was so fucking funny in it. And, like, he's such a dumbass. And yep. a fucking yoked jock fucking like, I, you know, I don't give a fuck about wrestling, but God damn it. If like every movie he's in, I'm laughing my face off at his comedy. Like homeboy's so funny, bro. I just had a conversation with Robbie Fox about this the other day through text. Suicide Squad was fucking awesome. Great, dude. So fucking good. I've so heard the good. mixed reviews on it. I haven't watched it yet. The first one, I I actually did turn it off. I'm like, this is the worst. That movie. was the worst movie I've ever seen in yeah. my entire life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This and that was like a star-studded cast, too. This yeah, looks great one. because immediately you tell yourself, you're like, oh, this is not Marvel. This is not some cookie cutter. Everybody gets along. Uh -huh. It's fucking crude and violent and cuss words and fucking shit talking and dick jokes. And like, it's good. They did a great job. Do you know what it is? Kenny, and this comes back to the conversation we just had. It's escapism. It's two hours of just watching people get slaughtered and fucking talk shit. And there's the CGI'd weasel who I love. I think it's the funniest fucking thing ever. James Gunn is a genius, dude. That movie, because he's the same guy who did Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, yeah. It was awesome. Highly recommend, but I do agree. John Cena is a douche. And I know this because my wife used to watch that, uh, that Divas show that used to be on E. And he's a weird motherfucker. 
Yeah, he is bro. kind of and weird. And like the whole China yeah. thing that happened oh, with him yeah. having to apologize in Chinese for calling Taiwan a country and all this shit. You're like, okay, big dollar boy. But also Wait, like... He, he had to apologize for that? Oh, it's a whole thing. Yeah, yeah it's he, a whole he, thing. And he speaks and he perfect Chinese. Speaks yeah, perfect did. Chinese so that he can cater to the Chinese economy and entertainment what? industry and shit. Let's yeah. leave global uh, economic... Yeah, 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 yeah. But I do agree. Suicide Squad was awesome. Yeah. Uh, my on list this week is... The RZA, the Jizza, Old Dirty Bastard, Inspector Deck, Gag, Great Guaman, oh Shaq, you God, Ghostface, Ghostface Killer, Killer Man. The M-E-T-H-O-D Man, the Wu-Tang Clan, just performed at Red Rocks this past week for their yeah, first show post-pandemic with the Colorado Symphony. They did a full show of Wu-Tang classics with the Colorado Symphony behind them. God damn it, I wanted to run through a wall. It was awesome. Shouts out to everybody. I'm so glad. I'm just impressed everybody showed up on time because historically, Wu-Tang, yeah, yeah. half of them show up and half of them don't or they show up halfway through the set. Wu-Tang apparently has become a professional organization. is just absolutely slaying, dude. My number one, number one artist, band, anything, number one is Wu-Tang. Always has been, bro. always will be. I'm an East Coast fucking kid that like Wu-Tang was my shit and they're my, my favorite artist ever in the history of fucking I've music. told you this before dude picture chubby curly haired 10 year old white boy Colin on the cheese bus going to school in grade school Jeez. playing Wu-Tang off of his disc man every goddamn day love Wu-Tang Clan dude best, an incredible man. if you haven't checked it out yet go google that it's fucking awesome but that's on the list off the list before we get into the Dead Sarah interview let's do what the fuck we've been listening to Dave why don't you start it out what the fuck have you been listening to buddy uh, I got into, well, I already said I was listening to X Ambassadors, but I, I was listening to a lot of Vince Staples this weekend, too. Ooh, Hell yeah. Let's go. To mix it up a little bit. Um, never, I mean, I he's great. I never, like, fell in love and binge listened to it, but I was binge listening to him a lot this weekend, and he's fucking, he's outstanding. That's a fact. That's a major yeah. fact. Vince Epic Staples. live performer, too. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Armani White, tour partner, member of the podcast family. That's what I'm talking about. Dude, Vince Staples, fucking sincerely one of the smartest dudes on earth right now. Kenny, what the fuck have you been listening to? Man, we had an interview with Fitz from Fitz and the Tantrums a couple of weeks mm. ago, months ago, however long it's been. And he was talking about music he was listening to, which included an artist named Bakar, B-A-K-A-R. Mm -hmm. And I went deep. And it's right in that Fitz wheelhouse. And I was like, of course he loves this. And it's really fucking good. It's like old timey, but somehow contemporary fucking Motown-y kind of fucking vibes. Like super soulful. Bakar, B-A-K-A-R. I've been going deep and it's really good. So it's literally exactly what Fitz would say. Like what yeah. you'd imagine Fitz Exactly. A thousand percent. Yeah. And which, and which is great. What a great find. And I'm so happy that he shared that with us. Love it, dude. I mean, shouts out to Fitz, dude. Uh, I have been listening to, and now this is completely opposite of generally what we've been talking about in this podcast. I've been on a country kick. Ever since we talked to Luke Dick, I've been going back to the artists that he's worked with. And uh, Dirk Bentley, this is a college album for me. This is when I started to get into country music. But uh, the album is Riser. The song is Riser. Uh, Dirk's is a really, really incredible musician. He has a lot of really good shit that he does. But the song Riser specifically, good running song. Uh, I know Luke is a constant collaborator with him. But as far as like the pop country artists go, this dude has substance. And I'm really appreciative of that. So shouts the fuck out to Dirk Bentley. Uh, by the way, guys, we are starting this week the playlist 
we were supposed to start it last week, didn't get to it, but I'm starting this week on Spotify, the What the Fuck We've Been Listening To Hell yeah. Spotify playlist. We will be sharing that. We'll be posting it everywhere, and you can find what it is that we've been listening to, and we'll be adding to it weekly. So, gentlemen, great segments. Great interview with ex-ambassadors, but on the way out, our last segment here, we're going to play the song at the end of the podcast. We need to get into Dead Sarah. Incredible interview with Emily. We play their song Heroes at the end, but when I tell you when Kenny told me to listen to these guys, said this is the best band in LA. She is the best vocalist on God's green earth. And I took it and I said, all right, well, I'll see what this is. Kenny was right. Congratulations, Kenny. You're right. Why don't you give a little bit told, of background I, on this band? I told you, babe. I mean, Kenny's I don't know how wrong much, a lot. I don't I know, know how, how much else to say besides like, I've been following them for the last decade. I've seen them play at least 10 times and I've always been speechless, been chills, like, like goosebumps. Like I took my wife to go see them pre uh, pandemic somewhere in LA and like straight away the opening song she comes out with just her and a guitar and like just that for that two minutes was like full chills you know what I mean and, and it's rare that's what I look for it's like I we can find good artists all the time I, being good's not easy being right. special is a whole nother thing and Emily Armstrong is fucking special. The whole band is special. Fucking special, dude. Uh, and so that's going to wrap up segments. We're going to go into the interview now. Gentlemen, anything before we head into that? Anything to end on here? Going, oh, no. like, going into the Dead Sarah interview, I had never heard of her before. And before we started recording today, it was just Colin and I on the Zoom. And he's like, play this song. And I'm like, yep, this is it. Literally, yeah. that's not yeah. an exaggeration. Dave was listening to it and went, yep, all right, I'm in. So, yep. It's all it's sometimes you just know like that's all it takes, you know. Yeah, they may be the best band you've never heard of, you know. Well, you will shortly. Uh by the way, I really thought when I said anything else, you guys are both just gonna go, fuck you, which fuck is usually you. what happens. So fuck you. Fuck right, off. Ladies, ladies and gentlemen, let's head into our interview with Emily from Dead Sarah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, for our pick of the week this week, they just dropped a new single called Heroes. We are lucky enough to have Emily from Dead Sarah on today. Emily, how are you? I'm fucking great. How are you guys? Fuck yes. yeah, dude. I love that. <laughs> love Let's it. start right, dude. Uh, Emily, do you mind if I start the worst way that an interviewer can and talk about myself for a minute? Oh my God, please. That's the best way. All right, cool. So I don't say much. <laughs> we got offered to have you guys on the podcast last week, right? And yes. uh, I told Kenny and Kenny blew a fucking gasket. He's like, dude, they're, she's the best vocalist on earth. Like they're the most incredible band. And I was like, all right, cool. I'll check it out. And I'd heard the name. I'd never heard the music. And then I checked it out. I just have to say, like, one, Heroes fucked me up. It's unbelievable. Two, you truly are probably the best vocalist on earth. So I just want to start out by saying, God damn, <laughs> thank you for coming on today. Well, fucking A, dude. I mean, sorry, I can't talk. I'm on vocal rest. It's okay. It's okay. I'm just uh, kidding. We'll, I'm kidding. We'll do all the talking. Says can't talk. I can't talk anymore, dude. I, I'm on vocal rest. <laughs> oh, my God. Dude, congratulations on the new single. It really is unbelievable. Thank you, thank you so much. No problem. Uh, Kenny, yeah, no, would you like to sing yeah. some adulation real quick? I mean, I was going to save all my compliments for the end, but like, Emily, I was, you know, I was telling Colin because he told me, he's like, hey, we're going to have this band Dead Sarah on. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm like, <laughs> they're one of my favorite bands of all time. I've been following you guys for a decade, seeing you guys play 15 fucking times and one of the few bands that I still get chills every time I see you guys perform. Fuck and it, so I was you. trying to figure out a way to convey that onto Colin. And then when he listened, he texted me, he goes, you're fucking right, dude. I'm like, I know. <laughs> so special. They're so special. And so I just... Damn, fucking You guys are hyping me up, dude. Yeah, you know. we, we don't do this usually. This is not a thing where we come <laughs> on and we're just like, yeah, we love you, we love you, we love you. We like the bust balls. Sure. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, first off, congratulations. How's the reaction been to, to Hero so far? I think it's been great. I mean, it's really hard. Uh, you know, you know, actually, you know, it's great when it's hard to get back to everybody. Mm. You know, yeah, yeah. and you're just kind of like, oh, fuck, I really hope I got everybody. And you kind of miss, you know, like some people, like friends or like acquaintances, like people that you worked with on like certain things. When you can't keep up with that, that's when you know it's a good reaction. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, but we're just literally on to so many other things. Like we've just finished mixing the album, like as of like yesterday. So we still had so many deadlines in between. So it's kind of hard to, and like we're doing the album art and it all has to be done this week. And we're doing two more videos this week. Like this is one of my outfits for the vi music video. <laughs> so really. it's kind of a lot right now, you know, and I can't really sit and like be in like the, heroes you know uh, if i could if i could say that like so so much of what we try to do here emily is inspire young up-and-coming artists to with, with real insight from from hard-working musicians and so many people are like how did you do what you did how did you get to where you are and what you just said is such a great example of like it's hard work it's a lot of work and to see you guys putting all that work behind it it's like that's that's beautiful it's great to see yes yes a lot of hard work now, I will say, like, there is something magical about those busy times, like the, the times where it's like, okay, we yes. have fucking three videos this week. We just had a single drop. I have no time to think, but it has yeah. to be semi-gratifying coming out of quarantine and everything that's been going on. You guys are in a better position than when you went in. Like, does yes. it feel like there's like a momentum behind it? Oh, 100%. More than we've ever had, especially mm -hmm. a team. Like, we've never quite had this team, but it's been like this team for about a year and a half. Like, you know, from the beginning of the pandemic where it was like, this is what's going to happen. Wait a minute. This is not what's going to happen. Um, you know, and we couldn't really go into studio. So, you know, Warner was like, we'll just get you guys what you guys need like to do to go and record it in your studio. So we did this album, like, we fucking recorded it in our rehearsal room. Like we did it. One of my that was going to be one of my questions was, yeah. where, did, where did you guys do Heroes? And, and I've seen all, you know, I follow on Instagram. I've seen you guys in that rehearsal room all the time. I'm like, I wonder if they did it in that room. We did. We did the whole album in our fucking rehearsal room. That's fucking it great. sounds so fucking big. I know. Well, I know Noah Shane worked on it too, who I'm a big, yes. I'm a big fucking fan of. Like, did you yes. just bring everything into that room and get it live like that? Yeah. That's what we did. I mean, we didn't have another option, really. I mean, we rehearsed. That song was pretty well rehearsed. Like, we wrote that about two years ago, but it wasn't finished until, you know, we finally recorded it. There's all these kinds of nuances and things that we changed and stuff. Um, but it was, uh, it was a quite the undertaking for it to sound as good as it is. You know, like, that's Jerome. Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of, we know that room so well. We've rehearsed mm -hmm. in that room for like eight years and we've done so many demos in there. So we already kind of knew. And Noah always said a few years, he's like, dude, there's something magic about this room. There's something magic about the room. He said that a few times and it finally came to the point where it was the pandemic and it was like, well, fuck it. This is what we're going to do. And it was like, we already had that in our head. Like, this is good. This is fine. It's oh, kind of rad what, what you said about like, we didn't have another option. And you guys, it's like you guys captured that moment that like, we don't yeah. have another option. So this is what we got and we're going to fucking kill it. And it sounds yeah. like that, you know? It's so yeah. special. That is so fucking special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
a lot of the conversation about this podcast we're sitting on right now is because the world stopped spinning and my band, Foxtrot, they got down and said, we don't have another option. We need to figure yeah. something out. There you go. Uh, That's exactly all- right. That's exactly I, right. Yeah. I mean, just listening to the record, right? So I checked out everything in the past and like Weatherman was like right up my fucking alley. It's just, yeah. it, it's a banger, but there's something about heroes. What you guys just released that feels so fucking genuine and so authentic. And by the way, yeah. I really love the melody line in the beginning when everything drops in, it's like a synthy line. And I was not expecting that at all. It's fucking gorgeous. It's yeah. unbelievable. Believe it or not, that's a guitar. Really? Made, yeah. It's it a guitar. Be, yeah. yeah. It's meant to sound like a synth. So it's congratulations. It works. Seriously, it works. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I mean, was there like a conscious decision as you guys have continued to grow and grind? Because you're a grinder's band. Like you guys have been working at it for a while, the same way most people do do it. Like, was there a thing where you guys cut this and you cut the new album and you're like, holy shit, I really feel like we're onto something here? Yes. Um, It kind of started at the beginning of it where we were just like, you know, there's talk of like, well, if you guys ever need help with certain writers and, you know, things like that, like if you like a producer, like they're at your, you know, like just, just come like holler, you know? And we are like, you know what? I think we have to be the people that do it in order to get like really like honest, you know, and the integrity in it that we feel like was kind of, we had to go back to that and, and, mm-hmm. and really expand on that, you know? And I think that's why, our fans gravitate towards Dead Sarah because there is an authenticity to it. And we just really wanted to showcase that even more on this album. Mm. So when we started, when we locked in, when we did these few, we did these, like there's a couple of singles out now from that, um, from this new album. But when we locked in, especially Sean and I, because Sean then started taking over as a producer too. Mm. So he was writing and producing and we just found our fucking rhythm where it became like, oh shit, no, this is cool. Like we figured it out, you know, and we went a little crazy in the process, you know, but that's exactly what, you know, we hope to be, hope to have happened, you know, but it's never the way you feel like when you think about it, like, oh, people go crazy. Like, no, we had to do that. We had to just let every guard down we had nothing else to do anyway, yep, you know, right, right. you didn't have to be somebody for something at the week on the weekend or look pretty for something. It was just, this is what it is. And we have to get it perfect. And we drove each other crazy in a great way. If there's anything dead Sarah is, it's a fucking genuine, honest sound to me. You know what I mean? Like I've never heard any ounce of anything other than just who you guys are. And especially with your voice coming through, the way you yeah. sing and the way you record and the way you perform. It's like, I believe every fucking word you say always. So, you know, Good. it's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And That's I mean, I'm a, I'm a new listener. So it's a situation where I got that fucking 10 seconds into the first thing I listened to. And once again, we are not big bullshitters. Like me and Kenny have this conversation yeah. on the podcast all the time where we're like, nah, this sucks. Like, we're cool with that. We like a little bit of dissenting opinion. I got nothing. I'm really fucking like, <laughs> I become a super fan like, very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. If I, awesome. if I could, if I could bring out one more, one more thing. So the first time I saw Dead Sarah, my first experience, this is a random ass place, Warp Tour in the UK, what? 2011, 2012, or something like that. Um, yeah. The Palace Aaron, or something? Yes, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aaron, <laughs> the singer of our band, and I think Dave, the bass player, and all them, they're like, "You've got to fuck." Like, come on, we're gonna go check out Dead Sarah. I'm like, "Who? Okay, cool. Let's go. Let's go check it out." And straight first song, 
Emily is in everybody's faces, all standing on the barricade. Like I had never seen anything like it. And since that moment, I've been like, please, more, 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 more. Dude, that was a fun room too. It was yeah. like low ceilings. It and it was like right, like a kitchen. Yeah, it was fucking yeah, yeah. People like leaning shit. against the walls on the side. Yeah. Super, I mean, but it was just like yeah. before the first note, you were on the barricade. I was like, oh, oh, God, okay. So oh okay. I'm paying attention yeah. now. Oh, dude, oh my I'm, god! I totally yeah. I miss like the 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 first Unitarian church halls we used to play back in the day, where it's like there's like a fucking drop ceiling right above your head. That's Good what it times, felt like, dude. Yeah. Good time. I think it was like a converted. Oh no, it was like a fucking castle. The UK, right? <laughs> it was a weird just, fucking. It was just it the was, UK being the UK. Yeah, yeah. That's it. That was it. Was the UK <laughs> being the UK? Perfect. Sure <laughs> everything technically in the UK was a castle at one point. You know what I mean? Yeah. It it's like, oh, we're gonna make it a music venue. Okay, let's make it a festival. Cool. I'm literally getting text messages right now. Like, I, I'm like trying not to read them from the manager, like yeah. telling us. And everybody's like, that's fucking great. That's sick. And I'm like, I don't know what it is. And I don't it want to exactly. see it. I got to no, look at what, it later. Um, I look her, her manager is texting right now. Like, don't tell these fucking idiots yeah. anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I'm not looking at it. And you guys go out on the road soon, right? Yeah. And then it's straight after that. Like September 17th is the first, like we do Summerfest. Love yeah. Summerfest. Always never done it. Oh, never done oh. it. Summerfest yeah. is one of those, there's like a hundred stages and all filled with good bands. And like, like yeah. a lot of the, like the stage that we always play had like metal seats, but it didn't stop anybody. They all stood on the seats and crowd surfed and like Summerfest is a weirdly good, good is that, That's Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Right? That's like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Enjoy, enjoy that. And the uh, first thing I did this morning was I bought Dead Sarah tickets to October 9th LA at the Roxy. Oh, oh my God. With go. bells on in the front row and I can't wait. How, I'll see how did you get them? They're supposed to be fucking sold out. Uh, they said there was limited tickets left. I mean, they might be They might be more. Oh, they, yeah, they released them. They were sold so, yeah, out yeah. and then they released like the last bit. Oh shit, I'm supposed to tell people. Anyway. I got two. <laughs> oh, well. Well, luckily, luckily well, we have a big podcast there. here. We have a big podcast yeah. here to allow the people in Los Angeles to know there are <laughs> limited tickets available. There are. Even if you show up, I'm sure there'll be some. Yeah, I yeah, was going to yeah, say, yeah. Kenny, Kenny's also Kenny, so Kenny might just walk in the back door. You never know. Here's Kenny knows everything. Here's yeah. the thing, though. While, the some, while people can pull that card, some people can pull that card, there are certain bands that you support that you're like, I'm not even going to And it's different in L.A. It's hard being from L.A. and playing in L.A. because your guest list, Emily Can Vouch, is always industry. They're mm. like, each person maybe gets one because we got managers and booking right. and label and all this stuff. So like when, yeah. when my favorite bands or even my friends' bands play LA, I don't even call or text. I'm buy tickets, I'm going to show up. It's, it's kind of like that, yeah. Especially with a small place like that. Like we yeah. decided we never really, when we had like our options of doing like bigger venues, um, but we were just like, it's our first time back. Like I want to do a bigger room like next year. So mm -hmm. that's like the idea and you know, it's, political you know like you can't really do you know big size venue for people that don't know you can't do like a big venue very close to each other so we wanted yeah. to save that and doing the roxy we never i don't think we ever headlined there so i was like fuck let's do the roxy their something new system new. is something great exciting. their new sound system is phenomenal that's what i've heard do you yeah. remember the last place you played in la it must have been right before pandemic right i was at that show and i wouldn't imagine you would have played since then Fuck, where was it? It was with Mark Wallach on base. Was it the that's, Echo 
Echo? Yes. No. Yes. Was it Echo? Yeah. Okay. I think it was, I think it was the Echo. And yeah. there's no way you would remember what that opening song was unless you guys <laughs> open it with it all the time. I, I'm just like, I because I, I want to find it all online and live and just watch it a million times. We could have been playing new ones um, right, and just right. trying out stuff because that's kind of what we yeah. did at the time, like for the songs. Uh, like two years ago, maybe now, something like that. Ish, maybe everything longer. everything was two years ago at this point wasn't it i know who knows times time times irrelevant i wonder what it was was it slower faster and may it may, it, may it, Weird. Was, it was it you came out solo and sang and played for like a solid minute and then did your you guys went into it hard but i i guess the point is without having to rack your brain is that like the last fucking time i saw you guys was yet another religious experience and whatever the fuck that first song was was like chills my wife was next to me too she's like are you fucking kidding me i'm like i told you did, damn did you have songs that you had oh. started oh you remember now yeah it's, it's it's not even released yet i think it was cowboy that's oh, what we man. call it we call it cowboy it's like very vibey at the beginning yes yes yeah yes. yeah well what i, I was gonna that's the one it's what i was good. gonna ask you was did you guys have songs that you were trying out before the pandemic that then never got to see the light of day because of the world shut down well, yeah. I mean, the, the Heroes was one of them. Really? Yeah. We were trying that one out. Um, the one that we're doing right now, the music video for that one, did that one as well. Like, we did like a little tour right before the uh, um, world shut down and we were trying some things. Yeah. We, uh, so. we, have our, we have our first show back next month and it's like a okay. big fucking amphitheater show. And we just started running rehearsals for like the exact set and we looked at the set and like we've released all these songs throughout quarantine, but I think four of the 10 we've never played before live. So we are scrambling right now to try oh to figure God, out yeah. what the fuck we're doing. Are you guys running into that as well to where you're building a show around songs you've never played before? Yes and no. I mean, we haven't even started rehearsals yet. So that's fun. Um, a little anxiety. Uh, <laughs> a little bit. Like we're just trying to get these videos out of the way so we don't have to fucking worry Be and just focus them. on it. Yeah. Um, I think about less than like, it'll be like a little, little less than a month, which is totally fine. And we will be playing a lot of new songs. Um, we've been practicing at home on our own. Um, and with our friends that are be going on tour with us, uh, we're kind of just going over it with them because we know the songs very well, you know, uh, because I mean, that's all we've been fucking doing the past year, you know, Have you guys so announced who's, who's on that next run with you guys, what bands you guys are bringing out. Not yet. No. Copy, copy. We, I, I couldn't find it earlier and I, I didn't know if I'd missed it. Until yeah, we're kind of figuring that out right now. Oh, Dude, I, I did see that Chris from Mondo Cosmos going out on the road with you guys, right? No. No, who's not going Chris. on the road? No, Drew. no, it's Chris Drew, not Chris. It's in the not, band. Yeah. Right. It's, so I'm a huge, Mondo, Co I'm a huge yeah. Mondo Cosmo fan. Josh is nice. from my area, but I there saw one of the dudes from the band was going out. You yeah. guys are going to fucking kill out there, dude. Yeah. Drew, we fucking love Drew so much. Um, his brother is dating Susie. Oh, wow. Our guitar player. Yeah. yeah. So, all is, the Mark family. Playing, is Mark playing bass with you guys or is he too busy playing with Beck? He's, he was on hold for <laughs> Beck and he couldn't, he couldn't, uh, he didn't know. And that we were just like, dude, we need to find out right now. Like, sorry, yeah, dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he was like, no, he's like, I don't want to fucking hold you guys back, you know? But <laughs> he's a sweet boy. This is the most yeah. LA conversation oh, we fuck of with him all time, time, dude. Yeah. yeah oh, is he too busy holding for Beck? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I give him LA shit because he's maybe the best musician I've ever met in my life. So I like to give him hard shit. <laughs> yeah. 
100%. Yeah. And then we have our friend Harrison who's going to be playing like backup guitar and like harmonies and stuff like that with us. So that's going to be fucking awesome. fun. We've never had that really on Hell tour. Yeah. Hell yeah. So awesome. I'll probably get to be a little bit more free. Boom. Well, I mean, Emily, we're going to let you get back because you obviously have a billion fucking things going on. Fuck's sake. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, from the podcast to you and your band, we thank you so much for the new music because it's fucking incredible. And thank to everybody you. out there who's thank listening to this, just finding this fucking band, go see them on the fucking road. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ already. Jesus Do yourself. Christ. I'll see you on the knife, Miss Emily. That's fucking right, Kenny. All right, I'm going to wave at you <laughs> as a crowd surf. And fucking yeah. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, Emily, thank you so much. Let's go into Heroes by Dead Sarah. 